Hello and welcome to Deluded, the Melbourne Demons fan podcast. I'm Kieran Iyer, and I'm joined today, of course, with Nita Rao, the most cynical Melbourne supporter who hasn't stopped smiling since the winner of the Dogs. Uh, Neats, in an impressive and, I guess, kind of scary feat of endurance, you watched the game against the Dogs last week from 1am to 4am, and then rewatched the replay from 6am to 9am. How good did it feel? I swear, it was actually from 8am to 11am. Okay, that's much more rational. Uh, that's yeah. much more rational. No, it was excellent. I was so excited. I also couldn't sleep properly. But I was also really excited. <laughs> what, what a win. What a win. What a win. It was so unexpected. Did you find it a little bit hard to react? Oh, uh, I didn't. It felt like this is what it's like to support a good team. Yeah, it was really bizarre. Yeah. Like, they just didn't really make any mistakes in the back line, and that was yeah. the thing that was really confusing for me. Yeah. I'm just so used to seeing, like, these preposterous goals being conceded. And even when they made mistakes, it just didn't lead to anything. They just cleaned them up. I mean, when Sam Frost streamed our defense oh, and turned the ball over and they kicked a goal, you kind of think, you know, we're back where we started. Right. But then after that... But then it just kept going. It was amazing. Oh, it's just it was a, very, very just good. an incredible whip. It was, yeah. Um, and now we're getting used to these wins. I so, don't know if we're getting used to it. I'm not used to it yet. Okay. Well, I'm, I mean, it is a fantastic feeling. It was. Um, but how do we rate this win? That's the thing I've been I've been mulling over this week as I've been pretending to work. I mean, were we were we brilliant or were the dogs terrible? Yeah. See, as I watched the replay again, and this is why you have to watch the replay, mm. you know, just to it's double commitment check. to the craft. Commitment to the craft. I do think the dogs were really bad. Yeah. Like, really bad. Like, they were just like witches' hats. They just had no pressure. They weren't really tackling. They just looked slow. Like, the number of times that they just got done holding the ball. I mean, Bailey Dale. I know he has been championed as the one dog that seems to have improved this season. But Bailey Dale got caught holding the ball, like, multiple times. Could you really pick Bailey Dale out of the lineup? No. The only reason I could pick him out of the lineup is because he got caught holding the ball so many times. <laughs> anyway. Um, but, you know, it's just everybody, they just looked really unaware. Right. And just a bit off it. Well, I don't know. So I'm not sure. I think in the first half, the dogs' intensity was pretty good. Yeah, I agree with that. But they just their kicks and tackling. Their kicking was terrible, and we structured so well. Yeah, we always had players back. Um, We didn't let them get the loose over the top, which is their favourite. Exactly. Um, Clearly, it is good defensive coaching. Yeah. Um, And also, our intensity around the ball was fantastic. Awesome. So it looked like at any point they might get a goal, but we kept resisting them, and eventually held really well. Eventually, that was enough. Yeah. I mean, as a defensive effort, as a four-quarter defensive effort... I don't think I've seen a better one. Yeah, and I can't think of many better in a long time. Not yeah. just this season, but in several years. Yeah. I mean, the consistency of the pressure around the It was ball. unbelievable. Every single player had a moment where they were tackling and harassing or, you know... Right. Putting pressure on in some way. It was yeah, amazing. It was fantastic. And the backline structure held up well. I mean, obviously yeah. the dogs don't have much of a forward line. But they this. are quick, though, right? And that's mm. the problem, you know, because it's not just about the sort of big lumbering tall forward. It's also about the fact that we, teams against us get once over the back really easily. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's very impressive. Um, do you think this was our best performance this season? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I still don't think it was as good as the second half of Adelaide. Mm. I still think that was a more commanding performance, and I really like the way that we moved the ball in that game, but it was certainly right up there. It's probably the second best what yeah. do you think? I think it was our second best. I mean, I think the Adelaide game, um, maybe we weren't quite as consistent across the game, but the odds were a bit harder for us to win. Yeah. Uh, and Adelaide just played better. I mean, they weren't great that day, but they were a lot better than the Dogs. Oh, the Dogs definitely. just looked awful. They looked really bad. So I'm stoked with the win. I'm stoked with the margin. I mean, nearly 10 goals. It was extraordinary. Goals. It was yeah. fantastic. 57 points. That's a shellacking. Yeah. But the Dogs were pretty mediocre, yeah. I feel. 
I think that's right. So I wouldn't sort of be, I mean, I know there's been a lot of media conjecture about are we going to win the flag? I mean, I think that's a bit premature. Yeah. Well, let's, well let's talk about that. Let's go straight oh, to the conjecture. Let's go, so are we a premiership chance? Are we a premiership chance? I mean, like everybody is a premiership chance in a very even season. Are we a real premiership chance? I don't think so. I don't think so on the back of just that win. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. I mean, it's only a couple of weeks ago that we were down 30 points against the Gold Coast. Right. Um, only, what, last week that we were down against Collingwood. Right. Uh, that are a pretty... Again, by 30, like, average team, points. By 30-odd yeah. points. Um, a cut, few weeks ago, we lost to North Melbourne. We lost to Hawthorne before that. Right. I just think we're an inconsistent team. And now, right. amazingly, we're starting to show a little bit of consistency. Yeah. I mean, three wins in a row is not something I can remember... For a long time. No, I mean, it is frustrating as all hell, though, that Jones is now out for the next four to six. Right. Just as we're starting to show some promise. It's, and, it's really unfortunate. For and me. just I mean, as we confront a tough run. Exactly. I mean, we really needed him. The good thing is, is Watts is apparently going to play. That's the understanding. I don't think they'll play him. You don't I'm think so? Okay. Yeah. I mean, well, Maybe I, he's I, listed as a test. Who knows? I've, I've no intel on it, but I just feel like with a short break over to the West, why would you risk him. it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think we're facing a bit of a tough run. I mean, we've got... Um, what West Coast, Sydney, Swans at home, and this, uh, well, Swans at home at the G in that right. sense, but um, Carlton, Adelaide, yeah, all four losable games. Yeah, I guess losable is a very Melbourne supporter way of putting it. Very Melbourne supporter <laughs> way. We wear glasses half empty, kind of people. <laughs> Winnable games, but I could imagine us losing three out of the four, even if we don't play badly, um, just because of the nature of the the rivals. I think that's right. I still think that I really do think that that Adelaide win wasn't a fluke. I, I do think mm. we're. Like, I'm not saying I think we're a better team than Adelaide and we'll perform better than Adelaide this season, but I do think that we have a better midfield than Adelaide and that is often enough to beat Adelaide on their day, right. on our day. Right. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think we've shown that we are a solid team. We've shown that we clearly should make the aid. Yeah. And we can maybe win a final and that would be spectacular. Yeah. It's hard to imagine us being a premiership chance. Oh, I don't. I think this uh, is very premature. I think let's just, let's just wait until we get to... You know, round twenty-three. Then we can call ourselves a premiership chance if we're still in the top five. Right, right. If we're still in the eight, even who knows? Yeah, and there's no certainty of there's that. No I mean, certainty. we have a few losses in a row in the next few weeks, and we're suddenly about scrapping for eight. Exactly. With every other team. Exactly. Um, but let's just no enjoy team is for what it is. Or as bad as they look is right. the reality. Right, right, right. They really are. And it's a very short-term attitude. It's very short-term, yeah, which we deluded generally indulgent. But this week we're trying to trying to we're trying to hose down expectations, probably because I'm bracing for a shellacking by the Eagles at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll come to that. But before that, um, the final talking point of the game. Yes. Tommy Bug. Yes. Resident pest. Oh, too much has been said about this issue. It's a non-issue. It's a non-issue. It's a non-issue. Who cares? But They're more, making more, jibes at each other. What difference does it make? But more broadly, what do you make of Tommy Bug? I mean, you know what? He's kind yeah. of the villain that everyone, every story needs to have, right? Yeah. Like he kind of, you know, he's the guy that everyone loves to hate. He brings drama. I think it's great. He does. He's fun to watch. He's hysterical. Yeah, I can now understand what the point of Tommy Bug is after questioning what, it on just, this podcast. It's just a. Just to create a bit of fun. Just to be the kind of like the, the villain, the sort of like confected villain, you know? What did you make of Jack Watts' interview that he's been spending a lot of time with Tom Bug recently and oh, he's really Bug. been rubbing off on him? Uh, do you want uh, Tom Bug to rub off on Watts? I mean, 
Look, I'm not Maybe sure no, if I'd... Kick it for goal, but... <laughs> Maybe not. I'm not sure if I want Tom Bud Dropper for me, but I mean, <laughs> it's up to Watsy, isn't it? But um, no, I think that I think he's great. I really, I think it's all all this hysteria is just so confected and so overblown and so boring, to be honest. I agree, but if we lost that game and if JJ played well, you would be calling for Bug's head. I would be. That's true, but you that's also part of it. But that's, that's also kind of part of it. <laughs> that you know? is part of it. That's part of it. You just sort of sit there and you sort of, you know, it just. I don't know, you take pot shots of the person who tried to take pot shots at other people. Like, that's yeah. part of it, you know? And I don't know. Maybe, I like it. I like maybe it. we've lived in the States for too long, or maybe I've, you know, but I'm just, I kind of look at the way that um, Australian sports stars are sort of expected to behave, and you compare it to the way that American sports stars yeah. behave, and it's just, it's just poles apart. Right. And a lot of American sports stars are flogs, oh, to complete. be fair. Oh, but I uh, think it's great. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. It does add some entertainment. I totally agree. I, I totally love it. agree. I'm okay with Tommy Bug. Um, but let's move now to one of our traditional segments, um, the Rowan Bale Award for Most Underrated Performance. Um, and our new listeners will remember Rowan Bale uh, fondly, uh, honest warrior, uh, delisted well before his time. Uh, and last week on the podcast, we had a very aggressive argument about what the Rowan Bale Award really meant. meant. And we got a deluge of listener feedback about the true meaning didn't of Rowan Bale. Didn't we get Bale. one? Didn't you get one? We got like two emails. Yeah. Really? Uh, it was a second email uh, from. Look, anonymous. And what the email said is, the Rowan Bale Award is not about the hibbards of the world, the blokes who can just do no wrong, who cruise in, who Love might be it. all Australian. They're about the scrappy outsiders, the people who are always looking over their shoulder. The best team man who's never going to make the top 10 in the best and fairest. This is a bit harsh to everyone you're about to award the award to, you know. <laughs> well, they're never going to make the top 10 in the best and fairest. Okay. Do you think that Milkshakes, Jake Milksham, is going to make the top 10 in the best and fairest? I mean, I don't know, but you also have Pedersen listed as an option. <laughs> I think Pedersen could very well make the top 10. Well, I agree. Well, I think Pedersen has now transcended Rowan Bale. has performed a great team role this year. He's no longer Rowan Bale. I saw on the AFL website that he's ranked... Ninth in the Schick AFL player rankings. So why rankings. is he not eligible for this award anymore? He's not eligible. I'm, I noted his name down to point out that he is no longer in the Rowan Bell category. But this is ridiculous, Kieran. That means that the only people who can... <laughs> who are the people who are going to win this award? We're left this week with Oscar McDonald and Milkshakes. But Oscar McDonald played his best game for the club, arguably. I agree. And an underrated game. An underrated game. I don't think it was underrated. I think everybody's been talking about his game. Okay, fine. Well, let's move beyond this meta discussion. No. Let's say he was very good, but I think Milkshakes... <laughs> I think he was spectacular. I thought he did a great job on JJ. He did a great job on JJ. He did a great job on um, Pendlebury the week before, which we completely forgot about we the did. podcast. We missed that. Apologies, Milkshakes. But we also, I mean, he set up a really great goal of Watts. Yeah. He kicked a good snap. He's a good deep kick. He's he executing a lot better than he was in the first few yeah, weeks. Yeah, he is. Milkshakes has been all right. I thought it was just Simon Goodwin, you know, giving a job to a mate when he got recruited. But I don't know. I like him. You know he was like a first-round draft pick. Can a first-round oh, draft pick ever be a Roland Bell recipient, award recipient? Absolutely. He fell out of form. If Jimmy Tumpus came back to the club, he could be a Roland Bell <laughs> he recipient. He could be a Roland Bell recipient. He absolutely could. Um, I think Milkshakes is good. speak of that name to most Melbourne supporters. You I know, know I know. I feel sorry for Tumpus, but that's a subject for another podcast. It is. Um, okay. So Milkshakes finally gets on the scoreboard. Um, <laughs> next, another one of our recent segments, which we haven't uh, had for a little while, the famous Damien Barrett Award for our outstanding achievement in the field of football journalism. Um, Nita, why don't you take it away? There's a special winner this week. Yeah, so the special winner um, of the Damien Barrett Award for Excellence in Journalism is Damien Barrett. Mm. And that is because... He's a repeat winner. He's a repeat winner of his own award. Um, the thing that was hilarious is that I was indulging in a very guilty pleasure 
um, also known as watching Access All Areas. Yes, this is what happens when you live in the United States and you've got like no football content. You end up watching Access All Areas. And the thought of the thing no I thought was no, no shame. shame. But what I thought was hilarious is Damien Barrett spent about like two minutes just lauding Simon Goodwin's coaching performance. And I remember it was only around, I think it must have been after our loss to Fremantle, where I'm pretty sure he was calling for Rusey to be brought back <laughs> and questioning Simon Goodwin's coaching performance. So we'll just play you the two clips. Okay, so we'll start with the game against Fremantle. The, the reason they weren't as good last year was because of the f- defensive mechanisms of Paul Roos. And we're also told that when Goody gets there, it's going to be all changed around. Are we actually now missing, from a Melbourne perspective, what Paul Roos brought to this footy club, the defensive side of it? And, of course, classic Damien Barrett reversing himself in style this week. Simon Goodwin has become the 2017 version of Luke Beveridge, hasn't he? I mean, and he's done this, this form turnaround on the back of no Hogan and no Gorn. Now, Gorn will come back this week, and that will cause its own little issues by way of team composition. But this surge for Melbourne has come on the back of, of, of the injuries going down of the yeah. big-name players. Who, who would have thought at the start of the year, no chance Melbourne with those two players out? You certainly wouldn't have thought Damien Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> Damien Barrett is his finest. Yeah, absolute finest. So the award has to go to him this week. And is it sad that we had to go back through old clips of access or areas to watch Damien Barrett to catch him out? We're oh, massive losers, Kieran. Are There's we no sad or is Damien Barrett sad? No, we are definitely sad. We are the only people sadder than Damien Barrett. <laughs> okay. So, Neats, let's talk about this week's game. Um, West Coast, huge game, really. Yes. What do you think the ins and outs are? So, Gorn, thrilled that he's back in. I feel a bit sorry for Spencer. I do he's never going to be able to play again this season. I know, I know. Even if Gorn gets injured again, I mean, it's hard to see Spencer coming back. I don't think they'll bring back Spencer. I really feel sorry for Spencer. He didn't do much wrong when he I came know. in. I know, and the thing is, he only really got one game, and then he just happened to get injured. It was, it's rough. It's really rough on Spencer. On it's the big rough, pencil. but you know what? I hope, is he out of contract in this year? I think he is. I think he only signed a one-year contract extension. Right. I'd happily keep him on the list for another year. I wonder if he'll go elsewhere, though. Yeah, he probably should. Um, he's not going to get that much opportunity at Melbourne. He'll just always be an insurance policy. But he probably knows that. I mean, when you're at the club with a dominant ruckman in the competition, you're not going to get many games. Right. Um, but, okay, so, I mean, so Gorn's a clear in. Um, and then we've got some quite big outs that we might need to compensate for. Right. So Jones is a definite out, which is Huge. kills me, absolutely kills me. Um, Watts, I'm not sure about Watts. I mean, we still don't know. We don't know. We don't know. And Hibbert is another one we're a little bit unsure about. I mean, David Misson didn't say anything about whether or not he'd be playing or what his situation was with in terms of injury. But there were some reports that maybe he was a bit sore. I'm not sure. Oh, God. Well, I mean, if Hibbert's out, I don't think we can win this there's, game. There's absolutely no chance. We'll, we'll put him aside for a moment. Let's just assume that, that Jones and Watts are out. Right. Um, so Gorn comes in for Watts. Yes. Um, and does that mean... Pedo plays as a permanent full forward. I mean, I would say I would say that was that was going to be the case. Yeah, right. I think that's a better option than putting in Wiedemann. I think you're right. I mean, you floated the idea of potentially playing pencil, yeah, uh, and allowing Gorn to be the resting ruckman, right? Exactly. Which is interesting. I'm not sure. If the I mean, I'm just I'm just, I'm just spitballing in case that you know, in case they do think that they need more height up forward, but. Right. It's an interesting but if they're call. happy to go with the sort of more mobile forward line and the sort of smaller forward line, then I don't think it's a, you know, I think Pedersen just becomes a full forward. He can take a mark. He's in good form. Right. And then he rotates through the ruck. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that works pretty well. I think that's fine. The big question is how do we replace Jones? Yeah, that's impossible. It's He's just such a, he's such an important cog. And it's just such a shame because he's been so durable for this team mm. during such a dire period. 
And now the team is actually looking promising and he gets injured. I don't think it's that big a deal. I mean, it's he'll come back with plenty of time for finals. He's not missing, you know, the end of the season. No, that's true. And it's, it's obviously not the biggest deal in the world. Yeah, I just a, love He's had Jones. a phenomenal run with injury yeah, across his career. I think yeah. it's okay. And uh, you know what? It gives someone else a chance. That's true. So right. who is that someone else going to be, Kieran? Well, we have our us- usual basket oh, of this uh, is the, usual basket. the replacements. You don't even change your notes. You know this. My notes are JKH, Kennedy... Uh, Stretch, Kent, uh, and Trengove. Um, maybe this is the Trengove week. I would love that. I would, I love, would love that. I would love it if they gave him the go. I mean, we keep saying Oh, that... there's also Wagner. He played very well in the VFL. Right, right. But, I mean, in terms of an actual midfielder. Right, but it's a bit, but this is the problem, right? I mean, so many of our halfbacks and half forwards are all midfielders right. anyway, Kieran. That's right. the problem. So, I mean, I could imagine them just sort of saying, all right, we'll just shove... Wagner into the back line, yeah. and then lo and behold, Vince goes into the centre, and that's the end of it. Or I mean, Jordan Lewis plays in the midfield. Or Lewis, or, or Salem plays more Salem. Midfield I mean, they yeah. can just stick any of them in there. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Or you you put in a Kent or a Kennedy, and then you push Neil Bullen into the midfield well, more. Harms, you push Harms into the midfield more. Well, like a whole team are basically made up of midfielders, right? Who are all just being pushed into positions that they're not probably not really right. naturally suited to, right? But they're right. just make, we're making it work, right? They're all kind of B-plus midfielders, um, and so they're not quite good enough to be in the centre full-time, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but they're not quite good enough to be star forwards, and so we just kind of rotate Or star backs. Or yeah, star backs. exactly. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's in a way, it's a strength. Um, so, um, Trengove is kind of the more classical replacement, just swapping one inside midfielder for another. Right. My but concern... I think Jones has got a lot of outside run these days. Right. I mean, well, Jones is clearly a better player than Trengove, but my concern is, I mean, we haven't seen anything of Trengove, obviously, this yeah. year. Um, I don't know. Does he still have it? Every time I've seen him in, in recent years, he hasn't had a huge amount of pace or penetration with his kicking. I mean, I desperately want him to make it, and I almost want him to play just just to see what happens. But do you think he can do it? I mean, we just don't know. And I think we're never going to know until we look, like they give him a game. Right. But it doesn't look like he's dominating the VFL. I thought it does look like he is. Uh, I mean, every week it essentially says, Trango, 22 possessions, and then Justin Papp will say, great team game, he's really doing everything we want. But is that not? Is that not? He's not dominating. What's wrong with that? Like Tommy Bug went into the VFL and got kicked five goals for thirty-five possessions. Even J. Kennedy Harris in the last few weeks has That's just true. been racking up insane totals and kicking goals. But we don't know what type of position they're putting, like, putting of course. in. Of course, you yeah. know. So I mean, I wouldn't be that critical of him. Look, I mean, I hope I, he gets a game. I, I really don't. Sure, happy I to think, play him out of loyalty. I think I think this week will kind of be a bit of a write-off, right. um, and that's fine. We've just got a lot of injuries, but I mean, look, I tell you what, if we if we beat the Eagles on their home deck with the injuries that we have, this might be one of the greatest victories we've seen win. in about like 10 to 15 years. It'd be a huge win. Although, I mean, their best player is out, right? Kennedy. Right, their two best players. Well, Nick Down. And Nick Down, right. Yeah. Um, but I think Kennedy in particular really yeah. messes them up. That's absolutely um, right. Is he definitely out this week? Well, no, that's the other thing. If Kennedy comes back in, we'll be in even more trouble. We'll be in a lot of trouble. Um, and Sam Frost will will have to play on him. We had a discussion about Sam Frost earlier today, mm. being out of contract. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, that kind of came out of nowhere, that story yeah. on AFL.com. Yeah, it did. I mean, all it said is that he's waiting, which I suppose makes sense. Um, although I have to admit, I think his value would be pretty high right now. Does a player like Sam Frost want to take the risk? What if his form drops later in the season? Yeah, see, I think it's really smart because I think that he's hedging... Well, the reality is, is, is that if we... 
we are going after Jake Lever pretty aggressively. Right. If we don't get Jake Lever, then all of a sudden Sam Frost becomes indispensable. Mm. And so he can basically name his price because we can't, we have no other options. Right. Right. In terms of a big key back. And so. Yeah, that's a great point. So, so, you, so he's hedging, you think? I think he's hedging a little bit. Or maybe his manager is a little bit, but I think it's a smart thing to do. Because if they don't get Lever, right. I mean, what are they going to do? Right. But then also if they... But then if they do get Lever, does that reduce his value? Well, I mean, I think that it still probably doesn't reduce it, but I just think that his value could increase. So I think that his value is probably around, is going to be around the same mark now, from now until the end of the year. Right. But I think it could only get higher if the Lever thing doesn't transpire. Yeah. I think he knows that the team needs him. Yeah. I mean, for the really big forwards, in fact, like the players like Kennedy, Yeah. we want Sam Frost. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, so it'll actually be really interesting. You know, in a way, I mean, clearly I don't want Kennedy to play, but... In a way, it wouldn't be the worst thing. I'd be fascinated to see how Frost goes. Yeah, I really don't want Kennedy to play. Because I think we've got an idea of Frost being on these massive forwards and doing a good job. We yeah. haven't seen that many examples of it. I guess maybe a little bit like North 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 Melbourne, you got a bit of a chance on, on weight. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Um, but otherwise, it hasn't really happened. I don't know no. if we haven't played the teams with those big forwards or I just haven't it's noticed it. We do. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, okay, so... Trenner's hopefully in. I'd be very happy if Ben Kennedy got a go. I think he's been scrapping away in the twos. You love Ben Kennedy. He just hasn't done much wrong. Um, he's still a pretty high draft pick. He, he came to Melbourne. He played all right in his first season. I'd be fine with him coming in. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Um, do we beat the Eagles? I mean... Assuming Jones and Watts are out. Yeah, I don't think so. No, I don't, I don't think, think so, so at all. Um, we'll finally have the battle that you've been after, Kieran, for many, many years, the infamous Gorn versus Vardy battle. And for mm. all the listeners out there, Kieran was fervently in support of us drafting Vardy over Gorn, right, which makes me think that he needs to check his Melbourne membership at the door. Back then, people thought that Vardy would be better than Gorn. Well, I mean, um, Gorn is our heart and soul. And it was a bit of a shock when Melbourne took um, Gorn high, but yeah, I don't know. Well, we clearly nailed that. Um, Vardy had actually had an excellent game oh, last week. God. So he's, he's not a bad player. He's all right. But, but, I mean, clearly we nailed Kieran. it. No, look, I think the, the X factor is will Gorn play well. He's been out for a long time. Yeah, but he's also been – it sounds like he's been training for the past, like, five weeks or something like that, and he's been training at quite a high level. Right, but he has no actual match fitness. fitness. I think that's going to be the X factor. If he plays really well, maybe we could shock him. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, clearly the team's got an enormous amount of confidence. Yeah, they do. They're riding um, a high right now. Everyone's getting a lick of the ice cream, as they oh, say God, in I hate every interview. Exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I still think we're going to lose. Yeah. But I'm happy to be proven wrong. I think the Eagles' midfield probably has a little bit too much depth. I mean, I don't think they've got an amazing midfield, but in oh, a week I like think this... That's it. I think that's their forward line. Well, even with Kennedy out? If Kennedy's in, maybe. Darling was all right last week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's but actually pretty good. I think Jeddah will play well in Lacra. Yeah, that's matchup. true. I'm not too worried about that. I'm worried about um, the Mitchells and the Shoeys of the world. Last yeah. week, last week against Geelong, they seem to have gone got their mojo back. Yeah, a bit. it's really frustrating. I hate it when teams return to form, right. always in time to play us. Right. Well, except the dogs, obviously. Yeah. Um, so look, I think we will lose because of these injuries, but I think it's going to be a very close game. What do you I think? Agree. Yeah, I, I would probably agree with that. I'd say the Eagles about like fifteen points. Right. Right. I'd say ten points. Um, keep in mind, of course, our predictions last week were for the dogs to win by 30 and 36 points. That's so true. don't listen to us at all. Yeah. We know absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, so Neats, in conclusion, we're a top five team. Uh, thank you for joining me this week again on Deluded. Um, we're in your podcast feed a couple of days after every game. Please email us with comments. 
deluded1964 at gmail.com. Uh, and tweet us at Deluded Podcast. We've appreciated a little bit of Twitter action. Thanks to Alex Robinson and thanks to everyone else who's been tweeting us. Please follow us too. Uh, we'd love to get a little bit more traction in the Twitter world. We have five followers at the moment, guys. So if you could boost well, those numbers, that'd be awesome. Well, we're going to start tweeting Tommy Buck. I feel like he's the one person who might respond to us. Do you know what? Us. I think he would. And I think, that, <laughs> I think that's a good point. It could be our best chance at expansion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thanks to all and go Dees. Go Dees.